life is on the line and we will be accountable. Even Jesus says in Luke 22, verse 36, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Let us each commit to join the resistance. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And God does not need numbers. Never get discouraged by the numbers. God needs faith. Hey there, friends. We're here in Chicago, Illinois, which many people call the belly of the beast and home of Rahm Emanuel, home of Cardinal Supic. And uh, it's a Sometimes you could think of it as a dark place, you might say. But we're here for a very joyous event. We're here for the Coalition for Cancelled Priests Conference, their second conference. We hear the numbers are huge, uh, and the lineup of speakers is amazing. So get this, in addition to Father Lovell, our host, he's the head of the, one of the co-founders of the Coalition for Cancelled Priests, along with Craig Holly, by the way, great layman. Abby Johnson is here. Father James Altman, of course, is here. Jesse Romero, Dr. Janet Smith, Dr. Peter Kwasniewski, Doug Berry is here, Michael Hitchborn, Liz York, Kennedy Hall, David L. Gray, Philip Gray, Raymond D'Souza, Father Scott Duvall, Brian McCall from uh, Catholic Family News, and also Anthony Abate. Anthony Abate is a really fascinating guy. He's new into the Catholic blogger scene. And uh, boy, you're going to see he is a very interesting fellow. So it is a place full of powerhouse speakers. Beyond that, there are so many of the faithful coming because they support the canceled priests. Right in this diocese where the bishop, our Cardinal Sutpich, is responsible for canceling very good men from the priesthood. So it's a very unique thing that is going on here. This is the faithful showing their support for the priests who've been canceled. Now they've been canceled like the cancel culture, for doing the right thing, for doing good, for preaching the truth in season and out of season, despite what the hierarchy might be afraid of or unfaithful to, and they're being canceled for it. But blessed are they when they are persecuted for Christ's name, and that's what they are. Join us for this episode of the John Henry Weston Show, where we're going to show you the highlights of the Coalition for Canceled Priests Conference. You're going to want to stay tuned for this one. My dear friends, LifeSite News is honored to support these holy priests, these spiritual fathers of ours who have been cast out of their parishes for standing for Christ's truth unwaveringly in a time of great confusion and peril in the church. In a time where it seems the warning of Our Lady of La Salette has come to fruition, that Rome will lose the faith, we at LifeSite will stand with these heroic priests who are unwilling to remain silent while the faithful are led astray by false ideologies taught by compromised priests, bishops, cardinals, and even Pope Francis himself. From the beginning, LifeSite stood with the Coalition of Cancelled Priests, giving a platform for Father James Altman, who made international shockwaves, first for his courage in preaching during the lockdowns, and then for his heroic denunciation of political programs of the left. LifeSite's grassroots supporters rallied behind Father Altman and the entire coalition of canceled priests and proudly do so to this day. The faithful are called to support their pastors and we will continue to do so even when our pastors are persecuted, even when those persecutions come from within the hierarchy. These are our fathers in the faith. They are faithful to Christ and suffer as he did betrayals from among their own brethren. Like Christ, they do not hate their enemies, but offer their own sufferings 
for the conversion of their enemies. These priests offer the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the greatest work on earth with no comparison, and remain faithful to God and His Church despite the suffering, ridicule, and shame that they have endured. They endure this gladly as they see in it a participation in the suffering of the very man-God that they are called to represent on this earth. LifeSite News is a proud sponsor of the Coalition of Cancelled Priests and its second annual meeting. The priests in this room are priests whom you can trust because they are priests who have refused to bow to the false idols of the LGBT agenda, globalist regime, and godless relativism which plague much of our church today. Because LifeSite News is dedicated to speaking the truth on all matters of life, faith, family, and freedom, we recognize that in supporting the coalition, we also advance these values. Advance the glory of God with us at LifeSite. Support the work of the Coalition of Cancelled Priests. Make a difference in the spiritual and temporal worlds. Friends, we will not be outdone in generosity by God who is watching over his church despite the darkness that surrounds us. So join with me and all of LifeSite News in defending the dignity of Christ's ministers. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston. And may God bless you. Father Level, here we are, day one of the second annual conference, the Coalition Council Priest Conference. So what's your take so far and what's going on? It's a complete and utter miracle, in my opinion, because two weeks ago, we thought that we were not going to be able to pull this off, just having to deal with the unions, having to deal with the hotel. Um, we we weren't at where we were at. We weren't where we wanted to be with the ticket sales two weeks ago. And then all of a sudden we had this late surge, which happens with all conferences. And we know that. But the turnout has been tremendous from across the country and really across the world. We have a priest from Scotland. We've had people from Europe come over, Arizona, California. It is just wonderful that we have so many people coming here. And the talks have just been excellent. Um, I said this at one point that there is no B list of speakers at our kind. Everyone has been amazing. And, you know, and can I just give a shout out to our mutual friend, Anthony Abate from Avoiding Babylon? His first public speaking engagement, I mean, he had several rounds of applause and the people stood up and applauded him. Well done, Anthony, for that. Well done. It's an amazing thing. Um, you know, we've been running around here. You're, you're bumping into some of the real heroes of the faith. And the uh, little Liz, your, I thought, seemed to bring down the house. It was just great. She gets teased a lot for being of short stature, you for being of very tall stature. Um, but uh, it was amazing to see Jesse Romero just rocked the house. And uh, lots and lots here. Tell us, there's still going to be people, there's probably going to be a lot of people who still don't know anything about the Coalition of Cancel Priests. What is a coalition of cancel priests. Why is there a coalition of cancel priests? Well, you know, to be honest with you, and not to put you on the spot, it's not the coalition of cancel priests. It's a coalition for cancel priests, and you know, and that's that I addressed that today at the conference because the coalition is the lady that help the priest. I always tell people we don't have a membership card for the priest. It's about helping the priests and forming that coalition. That's one of the reasons why we chose. 
a house united as our theme, which both Joe Gallagher and Jesse Romero, I think, hit out of the park. We have to unite and we have to mean it. Okay, we have to have conversations with people, even sometimes people that we don't necessarily get along with, because we should all be reaching for heaven. We need to realize that is our true goal. It's always our true home. And so we wanted to give that sense of hope. Last year, our conference was called Finding Hope in the Desert, which spawned my show, Hope in the Desert. And so this year we wanted to go with a same theme of hope, but a house united. We have to come together because, John Henry, you know, while we have an A-list of speakers, not all of them agree on everything. And that's okay because we're able to come together and say, yes, we're going to defend canceled precept done nothing wrong that are standing up for orthodoxy, that are standing up for truth. But at the same time, we're going to say we can put away our differences and unite. So that's an important distinction you made just there. There are all sorts of priests who are canceled for good reason. Uh, they are they have their faculties removed, or they they are suspended, or they're laicized even. Cardinal McCarrick, uh, former Cardinal McCarrick, but that's not at all who the canceled priests are. Who are the canceled priests, and how do they become uh, a member of or a a a part of priests whom you support through the ministry that you co-founded with a layperson, Craig Holly? I'm going to say it here, and I've I've been saying it for a long time because we got the name from the cancel culture. And if you think about it, nobody's nobody is ever justifiably canceled. Okay, if a priest is removed because he did something wrong, that's not being canceled. That's justice. And so often that doesn't happen. So often the priest is hidden or moved or covered for, and. What happens with the cancel culture is you take somebody who's saying something true and possibly just common sense, you know, I mean, J.K. Rowling, not in any way a conservative, okay, still cancel culture is attacking her for simply saying that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. And so what we have to realize is that that's what it's about because we thought about when we started this and we... Two years ago in Lombard, Illinois, we came together very quickly to raise money for a priest that was being canceled. And we were thinking, what's a great name that we can come up with? And we thought about sideline priests. We thought about orthodox priests. But we thought, you know, sidelined, yeah, priests that have done something wrong should be sidelined. Mm. Okay. And then when we say orthodox priests, people might confuse that with Greek orthodox. <laughs> they might also confuse it with, oh, I'm better than you, you know. I know the real faith. So we thought, what would be a term to use? And I'm going to be the first to say it's not a perfect name, Coalition for Canceled Priests, but we're not in a perfect world. In fact, it was it was discussed today that maybe we should change it to Coalition of Freed Priests because Father David Nix made a wonderful point that what you're seeing up here is not really canceled priests, but priests that have been freed in order to be disciples of Jesus Christ. As Father David Nix says, the greatest freed man ever was Jesus Christ. Even on the cross, nobody was as free as our Lord and Savior. Yeah, he said the nails didn't hold our Lord there. His love for us did. Absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely. What would you like people to learn about, or what do they need to do? Because really, the coalition, there's a lot of people still don't know about it. There's a lot more canceled priests out there 
that don't even know about you and don't know what to do. Um, how can people help spread? I would say if they know of a priest that has been unjustifiably or unjustifiably removed, they are canceled and to have them get in contact with us. For the priests that are listening to this show, we value your privacy. We value confidentiality. You do not have to come up on stage with Father Altman and me. Um, you know, Father Altman and I are, are a very good act. Uh, when we come together, especially for the question and answer today, as you saw, there's a lot of good banter going on. And I think what a lot of people that do see the canceled priests are like, oh, you're not really sad and downtrodden. I mean, all of you seem happy, even though you're being attacked, even though as a public person, you're being defamed by your bishop or your superior, or even by your brother priests which is so sad. So what I want to say to the people that are not too familiar with the coalition that might be hearing about us for the first time, go to our website, canceledpriest.org. You're able to find out more about us. We are going to soon revamp that website. It was kind of geared towards the conference. And now we're moving towards gearing it towards showing people what they can do to support priests and how priests can get involved and realize their confidentiality will be respected. We're here to bring them fraternity. We're here to bring them financial support for canon lawyers, for attorneys, so they don't have to worry about where their next meal is coming from or have to worry about where they're going to sleep that night. Those are things that the coalition does. Something about the conference too, because you've more than doubled your numbers here. You've got powerhouse speakers as you said there's no there's no second tier of speakers and the roster is massively full for two days but not only is the roster full and the hotel is full but you're you've got vendors here from all over the place and you have to put them all over in order to accommodate them all just incredible absolutely incredible and we were hoping for maybe 10 vendors and i think we have 25 <laughs> and and not only that, talk about a house united there. I mean, I'm so impressed that Jim Vogel at Angelus Press came. We have Loretto Publications. We have Os Usti. We have obviously LifeSite News. We have a lot of vendors that are coming out to show support for the canceled priests. And, and that says a lot because what it does, it gives people a chance when we do have a very thick schedule. And I think thick is the right word. <laughs> I mean, we were, we were moving today and uh, we got through a lot of talks. And I was talking to Eric Sammons over at Crisis Magazine he said, you know, when I saw that you had me on for 105 and I saw the lineup in the list, he says, I thought I'm not going on until two o'clock. And so he was amazed that we stayed on time and we finished by 745. Now, ladies and gentlemen that are watching this, we started at 7 a.m. this morning. OK, we almost went 13 hours. So uh, we, we ended early, but uh, we're all about to go to bed here very soon. <laughs> One of the amazing things that. I, I think uh, is so special about the coalition is what Bishop Schneider actually said about them. Uh, and I think it's really a testimony to his great love for you, his witnessing of your persecution and recognizing it for what it really is. He said and publicly in an interview with me on LifeSite that he thought that the coalition would be for the future an escape hatch for Catholics, a way for Catholics to still get the sacraments when what seems like it's inevitable, although I hate to even say that, that, you know, there will be more lockdowns and such things coming. Um, just a, 
a beautiful thing, a beautiful future uh, for your organization, which you've been called to found, obviously. No, absolutely. And, you know, we've talked about this in the past. It's not just Bishop Schneider. We actually have bishops that support us. They might not want to come on to do an interview. They might not want to be public about it. But I've had a lot of bishops come up to me because we're not an organization that is directly attacking bishops. And I would even dare say we're not even indirectly attacking, but we're shedding light on an injustice that some of the bishops are perpetrating, okay? And it needs to be shown on that. And I always like to tell people, it's not just the big names. It's not just the McElroys or the Supiches that are doing it. There are a lot of bishops that might just seem run-of-the-mill. Uh, my diocese, the Diocese of Rockford, Bishop Malloy, canceled 12 priests, all right? It got to the point where parishioners were saying, okay, I understand one or two, maybe three or four, but 12 they're not on any list for the state's attorney of Illinois of doing anything, which just came out, by the way. They've never been charged with a crime. You're not accusing them of anything. You've just simply canceled them because you don't like them either for ideological terms or because they stood up and said something and people complained. And that's that's the thing that we realize. And so what we saw last week at Dodger Stadium, where we only had one bishop show up, one bishop show up, and not even a bishop of California, a bishop of Texas, Bishop Strickland. What are we seeing? Is that we're seeing that the people are getting fed up with the bishops staying on the sidelines. I think it was the Archdiocese of Los Angeles's comments about the Dodger Stadium. I think it was, and I'm paraphrasing, they said they're going to take a step back. And what we're trying to say is, no, your excellencies, don't take a step back. Be the pastors that we need. Be the fathers that we need. Not just the priests, but the lady. You're the father of the diocese. You're the successor of the apostles. We need you now more than ever. But at the same time, John Henry, I just want to say, I think people have to realize Let's not try to curry favor with bishops for the sake of currying favor for bishops, okay? We are for our Lord Jesus Christ. We are for him ruling in our hearts and through proclaiming, as Jesse made so clear today, get off watching reruns of Gilligan's Island and get out there and show the love of Jesus Christ. Father, we're going to catch up with you tomorrow for part two of this, because I want your reaction after it's all done. Check this out, Abby Johnson. Of course, she blew everyone away, but she talked about vaccines in a way that really blew everyone away. Check this out. We must be willing to take the risks. We must be willing to make people uncomfortable. We must be willing to offend whoever needs to be offended. And really, damn the consequences. We must be willing to do that. Because in these situations, literally, life is on the line. And we will be accountable for what we did and what we failed to do. Don't lose heart. Don't ever grow weary of doing good. And friends, we will win this battle. God bless you all.
You know Doug Berry? Doug Berry is the one who did Radix for so long. He did a play with Jesus Reacted. Then he was on EWTN for a long, long time. And then he now runs the show U.S. Grace Force with the beloved father, Rick Hallman. Amazing guy. Watch this powerhouse speaker. We've been warned and we have seen the warnings and we've seen warnings from the past and we've seen what happened when those warnings were not followed. I've had so many people ask me over and over, Doug, do you think that the, the Vatican and the popes, did they, did they consecrate Russia the right way to make heart America? Because you know, if they would have, Russia wouldn't spread the Arab ways and so forth and so forth. And I say, you know, I don't know, that's all above my pay grade. I really don't, I don't, I mean, that's the Vatican. Like I can send emails like crazy to Pope Francis. He's not going to listen to me. I may have a hard time sometimes getting a hold of my pastor, right? I mean, I just, I just want to get, you know, a communion rail in my church. You know what I mean? I mean, we just, we're, so that's on a whole nother level. But what I do know is I haven't done what she asked me to do is pray that rosary every day and fast and sacrifice. Even Jesus says in Luke 22, verse 36, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. That's an idea of preparation. Even the Catholic Church through history Think of St. Pope Pius V, who went to Don Juan of Austria and said, hey, the Muslim Turks are going to wipe us out if we don't get an army together and deal with it. And that resulted in what? The Battle of Lepanto. We must use our wits to survive until God closes all the doors. And if God closes all the doors, then we die like champions. You know, I'm with Liz Yor every week doing Faith and Reason, but we're remote. We did Faith and Reason from here. That was awesome. But Liz, your, whoa, she blew everyone away. This woman is so petite, but she's like a Mother Teresa. She just totally took everyone's breath. Watch this. So in the words of Jorge Bergoglio, I'm delighted to be with you, backwardists, you inditrists, you restorationists, you who suffer from the disease of nostalgia, you who safeguard the ashes of the past, and you keyboard warriors who argue with each other online, you who are rigid because there is no Holy Spirit in you, there is a perversion in you, and you traditional Catholics who are gagging the reforms of Vatican II. Guilty as charged. And so, folks, with our rosary as our weapon and our shield, let us each commit to join the resistance, doing our part, guided by the Holy Spirit, protected by angels, imbued with sanctifying grace, and the knowledge that in the end, her immaculate heart will triumph. St. Catherine said, start being brave about everything. Drive out darkness and spread light. Don't look at your weaknesses. Realize instead that in Christ crucified, you can do everything. He will provide the way and the means such as you never could have imagined. Leave it all to him. Let go of yourself. Lose yourself on the cross 
and you will find yourself entirely. Kyrie eleison. Thank you. You know, when you have to speak at a conference and then you hear Jesse Romero speak, you always gulp because this can't be talked. Watch this. You know, it was uh, interesting. We had some signs over there at the Dodger rally. Some of the signs said, uh, Our Lady crushes the head of the serpent. And of course, there's Protestants there, so they're like looking like cross-eyed and like, what? <laughs> Our Lady crushes the head of the serpent. Uh, so we did have some Our Lady, you know, Our Lady signs and, and her power over. So if the Protestants were kind of like, hmm. So I was the MC the whole weekend. So I was trying to build bridges with the Catholics and the Protestants. And John, did I do a decent job? I, I was trying to, right? I mean, it's hard to navigate because, you know, like, okay, my heresy, I got to watch what they're saying. Take the mic. Okay, that's it. Get off the stage. So it's not easy to monitor Protestants in a public rally like this. It was difficult, but I, and I told them, you guys say anything anti-Catholic, I'm shutting off the mic. This is our rally. You guys are just our guests. Okay, okay, Jesse, okay. I remember I told a few the Protestants were saying, this one guy, a Protestant pastor from Calvary Chapel, hey, uh, Jess, uh, I want to be respectful, but what's this about Mary crushes the head of the serpent? I told him, hey, pastor, what, what Bible translation do you use? He goes, I use the King James Bible. I said, open up your King James Bible and look at Genesis 3.15. You know what the King James Bible says in Genesis 3.15? She shall crush thy head. I said, that's the first Protestant Bible. You guys actually interpret it correctly. Because, because I'll tell you, when you look at the great Jewish minds like Rabbi Maimonides, Philo Judaeus, Flavius Josephus, all the great Jewish minds translate Genesis 3.15 as, She shall crush thy head. Give it up for the Blessed Virgin Mary. Praise the Lord. So that pastor, he took out his Bible and looked and he goes, oh, It says she. I told some of the Protestant pastors that were there, I said, you guys wrote the Battle Hymn of the Republic. It's, it's, it's a Protestant hymn that was written like back in the 19th century. Look at what the Battle Hymn of the Republic says because, again, these Protestants got it right 200 years ago when they wrote this. The Battle Hymn of the Republic says this. Okay, here's one of the refrains. Let the mother of the Savior crush the serpent with her head as we go marching on. Glory. It says... The mother of the Savior in a Protestant hymn, the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Once I showed our Protestants uh, friends there uh, these verses in their Bible and the fact that the Battle Hymn of the Republic says the same thing, they didn't ask me anything about those signs anymore. Every one of us in your tombstone, your grave marker, you're going to have the year you were born. You're going to have the year you died. And then there's going to be a dash, a dash, a dash in between. Every one of us is going to have a dash. What you did in that dash is going to determine where you spend all eternity. Remember that. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know how we hear a lot about Masonic infiltration? What is that all about? Well, no better to learn about it than from a former Mason. Have a look. From 1994 to 2004, I was engaged in Freemasonry as humanly possible as you can be. And this is long before I was even baptized, um, even before I really understood what a Catholic church was. But Freemasonry was my life. It was my moral code. It was my religion. It was the lenses through which I really understood how the world operated to successfully combat this Masonic program. 
we have to recognize that it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be adopted by the next person is gonna come, the next group is gonna come, but we have to recognize that a Masonic program is not greater than God. And it does not have a place in the kingdom of God. So through prayer, fasting, and action, let us continue to reject Satan and all his works and false promises. Philip L. Gray, he's one of the great canonists in the church, and boy are the canceled priests in need of that. He was here today, you gotta listen to what he said. So recently had a case, I won't say where, some people probably figure it out. The, the bishop involved or the archbishop was gonna close about, I don't know, 90 parishes in his diocese. So we came in and I told the people, if you don't unite, you're gonna lose. Because they're gonna, they're gonna sucker punch you one down at a time. And if I have to write 90 appeals for 90 parishes, I can't do it. And you can't find enough canon lawyers in this country who'll do it. So you need to come up with a better plan. So we did. Well, part of the plan was we surveyed the priests of that diocese. Now, the bishop had surveyed the people, and I surveyed the priests. He got a 14% response rate from the people. I got a 14 response rate from the priests. Now, he didn't publish his findings about what they thought about closing parishes, but I published mine. Here were my findings. 89% of the priests opposed the merger and closure of parishes in that diocese. 50% of the priests did not know what their rights were as pastors. 35% said they would file their own case against the archbishop if he did something to them or their parishes. So far, none of the parishes that followed our program were closed and none of the priests were moved. Father Altman did not disappoint. Uh, in fact, I think, you know, he's the same Father Altman with the lines, with the cues, with the lines, it's so hard to catch him. We actually did catch him for faith and reason, that was hard. But boy, oh boy, up there he was totally on fire. When Moses walked down the mountain, listen very closely and understand this. When Moses walked down the mountain 3,400 years ago, he carried with him those stone tablets, the Ten Commandments hand-carved by the finger of Almighty God himself in stone, and there was no expiration date. There was no expiration date of March 13, 2013, the day Jorge Bergoglio was elected Pope. So when, over the last 10 years, we have endured the first and worst anti-Catholic Pope in history, listen, there have been many badly behaved Popes in the past. They were, and we are, sinners. But no one in 2,000 years has been a fake and a fraud of a Catholic as the imposter prancing around in white in our day, Jorge Bergoglio. But you don't have to take my word for it. Realize that Jesus, the Lord said, he came not to change the smallest part of the letter of the law. Jesus, our Lord, affirmed that there was no expiration date on the Ten Commandments. But recently, Jorge Bergoglio spread his unique and damned rat poison amongst us, saying that the commandments are not rigid. 
Sorry, Jorge, they are rigid. They are written in stone by the finger of God. Jesus didn't change them, and neither can you, Jorge Bergoglio. The church is dying because her pastors are afraid to speak in all truth and charity and clarity. We are afraid of the media. We're afraid of public opinion. We're afraid of our own brethren. We're afraid of being canceled. But he says the good shepherd gives his life for his sheep, and then Cardinal Seurat says this, the collapse will come. Do not doubt it. So here's my last word of hope. In the midst of the collapse, it is coming, and assured, it is coming. Our hope is in the name of the Lord who actually did make heaven and earth. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And God does not need numbers. Never get discouraged by the numbers. God needs faith of a few. He needs you. He only needed one David to down Goliath and the Philistines. He only needed one Gideon and his 299 helpers. He only needs one American bishop, Bishop Strickland. Let's show him our support. He needs and wants all of us to, to be faithful. God bless you in your journey of faith. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So the problem is this, as we talked a bit through the conference. The bishops are responsible for nominating those who become new bishops. They recommend clones of themselves. Right? They groom them. They pick them out long before they get to the level. They, they're groomed in, 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 in seminary, of course. They're corrupt, as we've taught, company men who willingly toe the line and do as their superiors bid because that is what they are by temperament and what they've been trained to be in seminary and throughout the priesthood. Right? They are little clones of their superiors. So they're not going to criticize their superiors. They're not going to buck their superiors. They're made in the image of their superiors, okay? Most of them, oddly, not oddly, likely, have done something known to, to others that make them subject to fear of exposure and thus can be controlled. The church is absolutely ruled by the fear, the implicit fear of blackmail, right? There's something on every one of them. Um, there's a high cardinal once who who told people he would not hire anyone uh, that he did not have something on, right? He knew how to control people, right? Fear. There's almost nothing we can do, honestly. Pray, pray and sacrifice. We have to be prepared to go underground. Um, the persecution by the government and our culture and sadly our church is alive and well and um, warming up. I have no idea how to go underground, but I know there are those who do. And I hope not one of them sometime will put an arm around my shoulder and say, come with us, all right? Because I, now I did buy a house that has more than one possibility for a priesthood. And one of the very, the very, in fact, before I even moved in, Father Lovell, who's not listening to what I'm saying and won't know that I'm complimenting him, um, he, he was the first, he came, before I slept in that house, he came and said a traditional Latin mass for me in blessed house. I mean, who's privileged like that? And then, of course, there was one of the canceled priests we talked to, and he's a very famous canceled priest. His father, his name is Father David Nix. Now, it's not totally canceled, partially canceled, you might say. Take a look. You know, trying to understand about what canceled priests are is sometimes complicated because these priests still have faculties for the most part for able to say masses and so on. They, some of them just 
aren't assigned to parishes. Uh, some of them, it gets more and more, some of them suspended, whatever else. This is Father David Nix. He's sort of called one of the canceled priests, but in his case, he's just not assigned to parish. You've been how long now, Father? Without a parish? Yeah, so I've been a priest 13 years, and um, I'm still in good standing as a priest, but I haven't been in parish life for about six years. That's where I became uh, a diocesan hermit. It was kind of a detente uh, with my diocese, but I haven't been in parish life in about about five years. So what do canceled priests do? What do you, what do, you do day to day? Yeah, so, I mean, one of the advantages uh, to um, priests no longer in parish ministry is, it, this might sound a little bit overly pious, but it's given a lot of us a ton of time for prayer and study. And so the whole hermit thing isn't a farce. It's uh, It allows me to pray, read, and study three, four hours a day. And in the afternoon, I usually write, write a blog post or a podcast or whatever. And um, and then there's just a lot of people that will text or email across the nation with one emergency or another, and I can put people in touch with with priests who can bring them extreme unction. And so uh, I'm, I'm busier now outside of parish life than I ever was in parish life. What um, What's your association with the uh, canceled priest group? So Father Lovell jokes that I'm semi-canceled uh, since I'm, I'm, I still have all my faculties as a priest, uh, but I, I'm not in parish life. And um, I really support the canceled priest because as you know, one way to be a canceled priest, the only way to be a canceled priest is you have to be canceled for being too conservative or too traditional. These are not the priests who've harmed somebody and they do very extensive background checks to make sure you're actually canceled for the right reasons. And one of the things that, um, why I really enjoy hanging out with canceled priests, we were all having some drinks last night, uh, pretty late all of us, is um, these are some of the best men I know who were canceled for just speaking the truth. These are the people who um, were removed from parish ministry because a few people complained about them, and most bishops just don't like letters on their desk. One of the things I explained at the canceled priest last year is I said, stop trying to figure out who's a conservative bishop and a, and a liberal bishop. Most of them are just lazy and don't want any complaints on their desk. And so what you'll find about a lot of these guys is a small percentage of the liberals in these parishes will complain about them and they'll get ejected because bishops won't support them. I think these bishops often know these are some of their most orthodox priests, but they're not willing to foot the bill for them. So they become scape scapegoats of orthodoxy. Wow. Wow. What's your message to Catholics in the pews with what we can do to support priests who are canceled, partially canceled or whatever? Because we want those priests. We love those priests. Sometimes they're taken from us, which hurts like anything. Um, just thinking, you know, that the, the, we watched sort of live, if you will, the shattering of lives when they took Father Altman out of his parish. To, they were so beloved. What, what are the faithful to do? So one of the things is to realize that there's two sides to every story. Most of the canceled priests are hung on a red herring. Um, I think, since you just mentioned Father Allman, I think the red herring they hung him on was he was divisive. Um, well, Christ was divisive. The truth is divisive. And so when you, when you see a story like that, um, I understand we're in a time when the laity are very uh, jumpy about priests because of all the priest-child scandals that we've had. But you have to look behind the scenes to see why was this priest canceled? Was it, was it because he was actually divisive or is it because he spoke the truth? And so um, I would just encourage people to go ask the priest, what's the real story? And I'm, I'm the last person in the world to say, um, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt because there are some very serious priest-child scandals out there. But 
when we see some of the very best men canceled, you got to get the real story. Amen. Father David, next. Thanks thank for having so me, John Henry. God bless. So, Father, here we are. Come to the end, finally. I know it must be very harrowing for you. Want to get your opinions. We literally just finished the conference just a few moments ago. What, what are your thoughts right now? To be honest with you, I didn't think we could top the first day, but the second day was just as good. Janet Smith knocked it out of the park. All the speakers did. Um, but, you know, it was nice to have even the banter of me being in the back, speaking with my AV team, and Janet Smith noticing it and calling me out for not listening to her. <laughs> you know, and it, it felt like being with a family, because that's what we are as People fail to realize this. Yes, we're a religion. Yes, we're a faith. But we're also a family. And Janet Smith actually said this. It was It's nice to get together like this. And I said, it's not always nice to organize it, Janet, but I agree with you. It's nice to get together. And there was just such a warmth. Um, you know, I, I could speak from personal experience. There were some at the hotel running uh, things that were not too keen on us at first. And I think we melted their hearts. And then there were some staff that were excellent, uh, especially the manager, David, just just a wonderful gentleman. And they completely, and I mean, excuse me, not completely, but often commented uh, about how kind everyone was. You know, there was no fights. There was no bickering. It was a House United. Yeah. So the theme of House United came up quite a bit during the conference. What was your take on, first of all, what was said, but your vision in terms of bringing that forward? My vision on bringing that forward was brought to us by our uh, communications head, Joseph Gallagher. He wanted to see a united front. And we had a meeting in Dubuque with Jesse Romero, Tom Oglesby, who's on our board. And we decided this is the perfect theme for what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring people together in order to support canceled priests, in order to support the canceled mass, which is the traditional mass. And again, that doesn't mean we don't help priests that are canceled in Novus Ordo. Of course we do. But it's a chance to show the importance of the traditional Latin mass in connection with the priesthood, which is so important. And one thing I have to say, John Henry, I just loved your talk. And you just went through showing all the problems, but still the hope that's there. That's so important. We have with us so many heroes in the church. Last year, you learned of the overturn of Roe v. Wade on, at your conference. Yes. This year, you had the striking news about Bishop Strickland having a visitation from the Vatican. Just stunning. It happens a week after he was just out in... LA with many of us. What are your thoughts on this? It seems so momentous. In the same conference, you, you have this massive news both years. What do you what do you think that means? Well, Father Altman addressed it. He stated in his talk, and I hope I'm not misquoting him, that both Cardinal Gregory and Cardinal Worrell were seen at the Vatican or dining with the Pope or something. And then all of a sudden, this is happening. And what I find amazing is that I saw in my news feed today that one of the visitors, both are from the United States, is Bishop Cicadus, who is the uh, Bishop Emeritus of Tucson, but he's a priest and former auxiliary of the Archdiocese of Chicago, where we're sitting right now. 
And Bishop Cacatus is not a fan of tradition, is not a fan of orthodoxy. And it it certainly seems like that this is, I don't want to say a kangaroo court, but they're they're stacking the deck. They're definitely stacking the deck. And I think the other bishop is from New Jersey. You know, I could understand if it was maybe one that we would that you and I might consider more liberal, and then with someone like Cordleone or Bishop Paprocki. But no, what we're seeing is Bishop Cacanus, who, in my opinion, has an agenda. And I saw that firsthand here in Chicago when I was a seminarian, and we've seen that in Tucson. It's unbelievable. I, I know many of the faithful have pledged prayers and fasting for Bishop Strickland. Um, and uh, there was a real arousing call here to fight for, to defend our bishop. And he pff, might become a canceled bishop. Gosh. But who knows? What Whatever the future holds. He is beautiful in that he's not backing down. He didn't stop coming. He didn't refuse to come. I know he was under pressure already uh, because he was just at the bishop's conference. He came from there to LA. And I can imagine what he would have heard already um, in, in doing that. But amazing thing. What do your brother canceled priests think of Bishop Strickland? Well, we love him as a brother. As a bishop, you're first still a priest. And it was really only until the Second Vatican Council that we started to distinguish a bishop separate from the order of priesthood. Before the Second Vatican Council, before Paul VI, the three major orders were subdiaconate, diaconate, and priesthood. And you were ordained to all the minor orders and to the three major orders. And we used to say you were consecrated a bishop because he is the high priest. And if Bishop Strickland is canceled, um, I want him to know that we are there for support for him, although he's going to get support from a lot of people around the country, which is great. And I hope this allows people to see that a bishop who is simply standing up for the Catholic faith is now being visited, despite the fact that from everything that I see, he's running the Diocese of Tyler, Texas very well. It's not a very large diocese. But they're clearly seeing a problem. Why? I mean, I don't see the Diocese of Tyler declaring bankruptcy or merging of parishes or shutting down parishes. So why are they getting the visitation? I would love to see the explanation. We may never see the explanation of why. But I just encourage everyone, and I know the priests, we've been talking, all of us, um, especially when we gave our blessing to Bishop Strickland today, um, I know we're all going to keep him in our prayers and we're going to fast as well for him because we need courageous bishops. You know, if we need to start a coalition uh, for canceled bishops, you know, let's do it. Amen to that. Let's show that blessing because that was really powerful. Your Excellency Bishop Strickland, on behalf of the Coalition for Canceled Priests and for the priests represented on this stage, we want to send a message of support to you. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless you. Father, now that you've come to the end of the conference, what are your sort of final thoughts on the conference itself? And tell us about next year. I hope there's a next year. I hope there's a next year too. We get always a little, little jittery around here because this isn't our first conference. 
But, you know, sometimes ticket sales are not going as well as you think they are. There's headache after headache. Um, I'm going to make your uh, team behind the cameras here smile a little bit. But uh, AV is always seems to be a curse. Um, you know, the devil certainly uh, does things. I mean, even yesterday in Jesse Romero's talk, the microphones just gave out. The microphones, full battery power. There was no indication in, on, on the backboards or whatever you call them that uh, there was any issue. But right when he started to talk about the power of Satan, they went out. And I said, you, you were a, a, a black person and now you're a Jew? I said, what just happened? You Still got levels here. Something with the out. So we're definitely going to have another conference. What we're going to do Monday morning, Joseph Gallagher is going to be sending out a survey, not only to our participants, but even to our speakers, asking what they think, what we can improve on, suggestions of where we can go. I mean, granted, most of us are based here in the Chicagoland area and the Midwest. And while many people want to take a dig at Chicago for the violence, it is still the biggest hub in the United States. It's still central. It's not too far away from Canada. So I was very happy that Kennedy and you were able to come. Um, and you pretty much could fly in anywhere in the world, almost direct flights to O'Hare Airport. Uh, but we are definitely open to other places. We're looking into Indiana, possibly Indianapolis. We always have hopes of expanding and making it a little bit bigger. But we were over 400. Um, and it was just a very cozy atmosphere in the ballroom. And I've been to a lot of conferences, and I'm sure you have as well, where you feel jammed, you feel too hot, you feel too cold. It seemed just cozy and just right. And I really think the Holy Ghost was working. And there was a certain point yesterday where I thought, this is going smoothly. You know? So there's always that pre-jitter talk of, we're never going to do this again. But uh, I could say, with almost 100% surety, we're going to have a third anniversary uh, celebration for sure. Beautiful, Father. I very much look forward to it. God bless you. It's an awesome, awesome time. What a conference. That Coalition for Canceled Priests conference was just incredible. The theme was A House United. And I have to say, I've been to a lot of conferences that seem to be one of the most united groups of folks ever. One faith, one spirit, one baptism. It was amazing. Thank you, Father Lovell, for this incredible conference. I am so honored, as is all of LifeSite, to stand with the canceled priests, canceled for being faithful to God's call to preach the truth without compromise. For all of us here at LifeSite News, God bless you, and we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.